Lemora spends a lot of time on this theme, which is a little bit of a surprise. Okay. So the, what our Gemara said, that we're in the middle of, is that sometimes a person does great things in life, and so they're precious to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So what happened is, so what's so terrible if they did something in a bedroom that's uh, privately? And so what we're finding out is that uh, um, even somebody like, where it says like Avram Avinu, or like Moshe Rabbeinu, if they did this Avera of adultery, they don't get a pass. That they're going to face Dinu Shogahenim. That's, that's really the end of yesterday's Gemara. I saw there is, again, this is the God of the Gemara, which means you'll see beautiful things beneath the surface. It sounds very strange to say, even if Avram Avinu, you know, even, nobody's like Avram Avinu, or even Moshe, even if you were the Makabal HaTorah, uh, the Torah is saying that you don't get a pass uh, for this kind of thing. It could be it's speaking to very powerful people. Sometimes very powerful people, the power corrupts them to such an extent that uh, they allow themselves, uh, that uh, they feel they're the greatest, so they can take other people's wives and other people's things, and, uh, and somehow uh, in, in, the, in the non-Jewish world, there's a high percentage of very powerful people that took certain liberties with, uh, uh, in that area. And so, yeah. Um, and so perhaps that's why the Gemara is going that way. But it's, it's really interesting. We're on the last of that Gemara, and we're starting with the Ella. And the Gemara, what our, our Gemara is interesting is that you can say a drasha, but if you're quoting it from a Pusik, it has to fit the Pusik. This is like the third time we've seen that in, uh, in Sota in the short time, that you could say a beautiful drasha, but it's got to fit the words. And uh, so the Gemara said this idea that it's referring to Avram Avinu, and the Gemara said, not so fast. Uh, he said, Kasher Leila Rabbi Yochan. Rabbi Yochan didn't disagree with the concept, but he said that, that can't be what the teaching over here is hinting to. So that's the last line. Kasher Rabbi Yochan, hi yad liyad, mi yad mi boy. If it's talking about somebody who got the Torah from the hand of the Almighty, this doesn't fit. So Rabbi Yochan wants to say a totally different shot. What's the totally different shot? Uh, he says, Elo Amar Rabbi Yochan. Again, we're quoting this, uh, the Pusik about uh, people that will still face Gehenim. As we turn to the top of today's page, five a. He says, even people that have the most powerful form of tzedakah. Now, by the way, tzedakah is the most powerful thing in the world. It, it's a, uh, it says that if a person is facing on Yom Kippur, you know, that, you know, tshuva tshvila tzedakah. Tzedakah is the greatest. And the greatest form of tzedakah is what's known as matan beseser, when it's done in secret, when it's done quietly, when a person isn't bragging, when he doesn't humiliate the other person, when it's done in secret. Afil osei tzedakah beseser, even though you did the most powerful dynamite tzedakah, the ksiv matan beseser yikafa af. You know, when somebody has a burning wrath, you better watch out. And if Hashem has a burning wrath, oh my goodness, it says that if you give tzedakah uh, in secret, you can take away Hashem's burning wrath. Still, if a person commits, um, is gase ruach, is arrogant, lo yinaka He won't be saved uh, from the din of Gehenna. I'm sorry, if a person commits adultery, they won't be saved. Let's do some Rashi's. Uh, top Rashi. Afil what's hidden? Shinosin miyadu layadu sho'ani, that you do it directly, 
even even you made sure you put it in his hand. Um, even though uh, uh, this kind of tzedakah can take care of burning wrath, it won't forgive arrogance. So now the Gemara has, uh, now that we've so talked... How is this tzedakah besesah if I'm putting it into his hand? I was wondering that too. Okay, you noticed that. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I was wondering why the, um, how do we know it's talking about even the hidden... Yeah. Um, like you told me, so, like knock on his door and run away, you know, leave an envelope. Right, right. Um... I, I was wondering that too. You got yeah. me. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, in other words, the more said it's hidden tzedakah is putting in his hand hidden. I thought of put it, giving it is like he doesn't notice it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see on that rush. This is a Rishash kind of question. I wonder if he talks about it. But okay. So uh, now the more has the surprising question. Who says there's anything wrong with being arrogant? Where does the Torah say you can't do that? What, you know, it's not like eating a cheeseburger. Like, you know, we're saying it's the worst thing in the world. Like, you, worse than burning anger. So, as Torah, the Torah has to give you a warning. Torah, if, if it's so terrible, the Torah must give you a warning and say, thou shall not be, uh, be uh, uh, arrogant. Where does it say that? Yeah. Uh, the, the notes bring down on what you just said. It's talking about where the, the gift of the tzedakah is quietly passes passes from the hand of the donor to the hand of the needy. So he's making sure that it goes into his, into his hand, but it's not physically one hand into the, literally into his hand. He's ensuring that he gets it in a quiet way. Uh-huh. But, um, I see. It's not physically in his hand. Even though Rashi says, <laughs> it he's means that he's that ensuring that it gets there. I see. But it doesn't mean he physically puts it. Uh-huh. He makes sure that it happens. So as you said, yeah. it could be an envelope, it could be behind a door, it could be whatever, but it's, he's, he's ensuring that it passes, but it's in a quiet way. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you, Richard. So uh, how do we know that, the, where does the Torah warn you that you shouldn't be gase haruach? Uh, literally, it means like a high spirit. Gase ruach is full of yourself, right? Isn't that the way they say it? Your gase ruach, like this word ruach means like wind, like a, it's like a description, like a, a person is full of wind. Is uh, how do you know you should do that? Everybody knows it's a pasuk Yirmiya, of course, right? So the uh, it says in Yirmiya, it's often a pasuk in Yirmiya, al tigvu. Uh, it says, Shamu Vazinu Altigavu, don't be high and mighty, don't be haughty. That's, it says it very clearly. Um, Rev Nachman Bar Yitzhak says he has a Pusik in the Torah. It's interesting, the Gemara brings the Pusik in Tanakh first. Sometimes it's because the Pusik in Tanakh says it a little more direct than the one in the Torah, but he says the one in the Torah, it says, Baram Levavcha Vishakakta. It says, if, you, if your heart gets high, it, then you forget the Almighty. So how, does it, how do you see from there that you shouldn't do it? It just says, if you do it, you'll forget Hashem. You're, you're not supposed to forget the Almighty. You better be careful. Now, how do you know that guard yourself means you shouldn't do it? The word guard, the Torah says guard, it means thou shall not. The word guard means make sure you don't. So he says anytime the Torah says be careful, that means don't do it. So since it says, uh, guard yourself and not to forget Hashem. And it says, if you are haughty, you'll forget Hashem. So indirectly, the Torah is saying, you better not get haughty and forget Hashem. It has two out of the three. 
Yishomer Lechop and Tishka. And you have and you got, and, <laughs> and you have right, right. right. So you got two but that, but but none of them are are, are automatic. That I would have known they're a low sase. But he, if no, you he says low sase, right? So that one got two. That's right. Yeah. Revira explains Zimna Omer the Mishmei Asi. Sometimes he said in the name of Asi Zimna Mishmei Ravami. You could see, by the way, if you if you wrote it, how you could different mixed up Ami and Asi. One's a mem, you know, the mem, the mem and the sahak are very easy to, uh, I'm not sure if he heard it from both or he wasn't sure, so he said it sometimes from one, sometimes from the other. Ko Adam, any man, it's also an interesting expression, any human being, who has full of high winds, lesof mismait, and the end they'll be cut down. Uh, Rashi here, three lines, Mismai Mechashivosa. He'll learn, he loses importance. It's, it, in most cases, if a person has nothing to be arrogant about and he's arrogant, he's just a fool. I mean, why pay attention to anybody who's a total idiot? You know, he's bragging about nothing. Some uh, people that are arrogant, and sometimes because they have something to be arrogant about, they are bright, they're, they're strong, they're brilliant, they're this, they're that, and so it gets to their head. But it's saying that they're going to lose that. That that's the punishment of arrogance is the thing that they brag about. I mean, think of Ashti. You know, she thought she was the most beautiful, and the you know. So what happens? She breaks out, and you know, she has nothing. She's ashamed to show herself. Like that's the that's the that's the penalty of Shenemar. Romo mat. Then that's a pasuk in Eiv. Doctor Yaffe must have known that, right? That pasuk says that if you pick yourself up, you're going to be cut down. Okay, you'll be lessened. V'shem etamar yeshem olam. Well, at least you'll be in the world. You'll just be less. No, you're gone. Forget it. We've had it with this person. Final scene. But what happens if, you know, if a person regrets their arrogance? Uh, you can do tshuva. Good news is you can do tshuva for arrogance, and you will die in your time like Avramavinu. Um... It, it uses the word that you'll die at the time of like all men. They died and they were given um, what they were supposed to in this world. Sometimes people die and they, it seems like they didn't get it all. And it says by Avravinu that they had, uh, they, they got everything they needed to get in this world. So it's saying that if a person does tshuva, they can eat, eat for arrogance, they, they can still uh, fix it. The imlav, but if they don't, ukaroshi bolushimolu, it'll happen like what happens to the sheaves. Anybody knows what happens to the sheaves? They, I guess they. My karoshi bolus. What does that mean? Ravuner chista chadam kisasa deshivulasa. One of them says it's the. Um, apparently, there's like a part of it that uh, that gets cut off or that blows away. Chadam kishibolus atzmo like the sheave itself. So if you say kisasa deshivulasa. It's like the hair on the sheave. That it's like this this stalk that blows away. But if you say it's the sheave itself, my He says if you go into a field, which gets cut down first? Which gets picked first? The highest one. So a person who's arrogant, they're the first one that gets chopped down. <laughs> you know, the first one person who lifts himself up and is bragging. 
they're like waiting for the, you know, that, that's like uh, the, there are people in life that are going to get chopped down. The person that picks themselves up, he's the first one who's, who's chosen. Do you know, Michael, maybe you know about these sheaves. Is there like a, um, does it, the art school say what it's on, what's on the sheave? It's like a... Um, sheave is normally the stalk that has the... Um, the corn, the, the corn, yeah, the grains. But I don't know what it means because it got blown away. I thought it had like something on the sheave that's only temporary, like a... Does it call it the chaff? The art scroll calls it the chaff? Or? <clears throat> the beard. Yeah, I saw that word, beard. Oh, where, you ever saw a beard? The, ah, so it's the tassel, maybe, on the top. There's a tassel on the top that actually is the pollinator. Oh, okay, and that blows away. It, it does, but I don't know if that's what they're talking about. Sounds like it, a, a tassel, or he calls yeah. it a beard, but that's just an expression, or maybe you have a small beard. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's on the top. Right, yeah, it says, uh, well, it says on the, the head of the top of it. The, yeah. the other point was that since it's uh, haughty on the top, so it gets picked first. It's the, uh, okay. Uh, oh, was that what they're trying to correlate? Yeah, I believe so. So, Vestake Shafu Ruach. And it blows away, so it's. So because yeah, so that's that's the metaphor is that the things that are that are high on top they get blown away. If you uh, if you make if you push yourself to the top, that's all going to blow away. That's all going to last. Okay. So, like they also talk about the fact that the, um, yeah. mm -hmm. the fact that the farmers tend to harvest first the tallest grains. So mm. uh, if you stand up right and tall, you're going to be cut down first. That's the okay. analogy that they bring. Yeah. Very good. Those are all good reasons to try to avoid. That's, uh, it's Rashi, I see. Then we have the famous pasuk in Yeshayahu. Ruach. It says that uh, Hashem likes the uh, the humble people and of lowly spirit. So, what does that word mean? Rav, who never have the two great rabbis, once said, "Chad Omer Iti Daka." So, it, the pasuk says the Shechina, the intense presence of Hashem, is with the humble. It's with the low people. So two ways to understand it. One is, that Hashem says that the humble people are with him. And the other one said, that God goes to them. And it's logical, that Hashem goes with them. When Hashem chose to give the Torah, he ignored all the big, beautiful mountains and the big... Uh, humongous valleys, uh, and he chose to rest his intense presence on a very humble, simple mountain called Arsinai. Below Gavu, it wasn't so high, Arsinai, Lamala. He didn't pick it up, he went down to it. So, saying that Hashem comes to the humble. The question, does he pick the humble up to him, or does he go to the humble where the humble is? What, what, how does that work? So again, it's a deeper thought here. Exactly, does the but he's saying Hashem comes to the humble person. A person should try to learn from his master. We try to imitate Hashem. Hashem put ignored all the big mountains and valleys. Hishikinosaharsinai. Um, there's a they they take out this, but let's read it. and he. She could have picked any good, beautiful trees for his shishkinosu 
and he put Ishkina on the burning bush. That's another example. Omer Lezer called him Sheshbogasis Ruach. He says, anybody that has arrogant, Roy Legado, Ka'ashera, they should be chopped down just like the Ashera tree. How does, he, where, how does he see that from the Pesuk? You see, Falchova Romo Hakumo Gedoyim. It says, chop it down. And it uses that same word by the idol trees. The pagans would plant trees and grow them in certain shapes on top of every mountaintop to the idols. And there's a mitzvah to wipe out those trees. And he's saying that uses a similar word about a person who's arrogant. He's like asking to be chopped down. And it's also, we had before, idolatry because he worships himself. So any person who has gasas ruach, who has an arrogant, arrogant spirit, his dust won't get up. It says, You know, after people die, they turn to dust. And uh, the dust picks up. Hashem wakes up the dust. But those people that are arrogant, they ain't coming back. In other words, people have a chance to last uh, for eternal life, but not the arrogant ones. Shokne offer those that rest in the ground, a person that's a buddy to the dust in their life, they're getting up. If that's the right word. They become a neighbor to the earth. They, um, they stay low. They, you know, they're happy. You know, they, they're a partner. To, they, they're very comfortable. They don't need to pick themselves up. There is a Rashi. Shokhen la'afer, mashpil atzmo le'afer. You, you lower yourself to the dust, whatever that means. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a description of being humble. Like, uh, you know, it's a person, the person is just fine here on the ground. Omer Ebelazer, kol adam sheyesh bo ruach. He says, anybody that has arrogance, shkinaso malolav. He says, the shkina, uh, what does that word mean? The shkino is, uh, he says, cries over him, says a eulogy about him, Rashi, mekonenes. Uh, a kinui is like a uh, is a eulogy. Like, you know, Hashem says, like, look what could have been. And now the guy's arrogant. Forget it. There's like no hope for him. In other words, like Hashem gives up on that person who has the arrogance. He says, a kinui. The way Hashem does things is not the way flesh and blood do things. And human beings... Uh, law, uh, um, arrogant people, they like arrogant people. They like their friends, their buddies are like other, you know, show business. They, they hang around with other arrogant people. They get, they, they get what they deserve. The ain't govo royus a shuffle. Somebody who's high up there doesn't see the humble people. That's not the way of holy people. Govo royus a shuffle. The higher you are, you see the low people. Hashem is high and lofty. And he sees the humble people. Anybody who has the arrogance, the two of us aren't going to last in this world. There ain't enough space in this place for the both of us. Who was that, John Wayne or somebody who said that? The, what? This not right. That's right. That's right. That's what Hashem says. They took that from here. This, this world ain't big enough for the both of us. Oso atzmis gove naim rocha yvev oso lo uchal al tikri oso el ito I can't be with him lo uchal ikan amasnele so we're learning so who is the one person who Hashem can't tolerate in the world 
So we, the, the, he, we're learning it somebody who's arrogant. <coughs> Some people learn that it's people that speak Lashon Hara. It's not a, co- a total contradiction because who speaks Lashon Hara? People that are, think they're better than everybody else, right? So it says, I'm a Sapri Lashon Hara. Shnamar bin Lashon b'seisu oso asmi. Omer Rebbe Alexandri, kol adam sheish bogasas ruach, afilu ruach kima ochraso. He says, somebody that's arrogant, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Who said that? I don't know. There's so many things we pick up when we're young. You just don't remember where you get. But that's from here, that the bigger they are, even a small wind can come blow them over. person's big, they don't have resilience. People that are, uh, that are small. They said that in the concentration camps. The people that were poor or didn't have much, they managed much better than the people who had everything. The people who were very wealthy all of a sudden got taken away it's much harder to have that resilience. Just like the sea, it's got, uh, it's got, it's, it's a sea, it's got kama revias, it's full of, it's quite, a revias is what, you know, the Kiddush cup, there are a lot of Kiddush cups in the sea. And a, a little wind could blow it down. The wind blows away the sea, a human, that all he has, um, uh, it, at the end of life, a person, if he loses a little bit of fluid, a little bit of blood in the, in the, in the wrong place, uh, if he, you know, uh, then he'll die. Can you imagine it was not going to take much wind to blow him over? So, so now that we've talked about uh, arrogance being bad, so you might think that there's no place for arrogance at all. There's no place to ever like have a certain haughtiness or be proud of something. Um, so you have to be careful. We, we call these things midos. Midos means a measure. That implies that there maybe is a time for a certain time to be proud. So he says, You need an eighth of an eighth of arrogance. Not very much, but you're 64th. You need that much arrogance. Of, uh, so, Omer of Huna Brei Yeshua, now, I wonder if it means if you're a Talmud Chacham, then you have a right to have a little bit, you know, just a little bit, because you can't, but he says, and it crowns him like a crown to the sheaf. Again, it's something that crowns the sheaf. He says a great word. He says, you're shamta if you have it, and you're shamta if you don't have it. The arrogance. He said, if you're a Talmud Chacham and you have arrogance, shamta, put a harem. If you're a Talmud Chochem and you don't have arrogance, put him in Cherem. Mm. Meaning that a um, person has to be proud or has to feel good about something. Like, it's very dangerous uh, between low self-esteem and not having arrogance. A person has to know how to, how to you know, balance the two. You're supposed to have high self-esteem. You're supposed to, you're supposed to you know, you're a Tzalem Elohim. You're in the image of the Almighty. You're, you're doing the holiest, greatest things. On the other hand, you have to be, you know, not haughty and not. What do you mean, not haughty? I'm, I'm, I'm up there with a Kaddish Baruch Hu. I'm his treasured. Uh, so you're in Kerem if you do, and you're in Kerem if you don't. You have to know how to wave the uh, wave the wand. So to say, He says, I could do without any of it. I don't even need a little bit. Me, uh, me, and uh, I can prove it. It says, Tova Hashem Kogave Leiv. I don't want anything disgusting, you know, even a little. He says a different. Uh, he says you want your prayer to be heard. How do you do it? You have to make your heart like flesh. Apparently, if you're arrogant, you you you. Um, let's see, Rashi Kabasser, four lines down. Shahu rak. You got to be a softy. 
There's certain people that are hard. They're hard as a rock. Like, how do you break that? You, he said, if you want your prayer to be answered, you've got to soften up a little bit. That's what he says. Which, again, is, has to do with humility. Um, when the Pasuk describes people davening to Hashem, it says, let the flesh come. Be soft. A prayer is about making yourself soft, humbling yourself. Amr Zera, Basuk Sipa, um, he says that uh, Buster, it says, Venirfa Adam Loksiva Venirfa. This is a Jerusha. Uh, sorry, he says like this Basuk Siba by flesh, it says Venirfa. Adam Loksiva Venirfa. Flesh can be healed, meaning that if a person makes himself soft, then he can be changed. Let's look in Rashi. He explains the Jerusha seven lines from the bottom. Basuk Siva. Or when a person has a plague, and it gets and the plague is like flesh, it'll be healed. Since it's soft, if a person is humble and soft like flesh, then he's going to get better. From the bad stuff that comes on him. If a person humbles himself, then the troubles will go away. If a person is tough and rough like, like dirt, he's not going to get better. Back to the Mara. Omer of Yochanan, Adam stands for Afer, Dam, and Mara. Uh, that, that basically, a human is uh, dirt, dirt, dust, and bile. Not good. Is that what he calls it bio, the art scroll? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basar is Busha, Srucha, and Rima. That doesn't sound uh, Basically, if, uh, Busha means like embarrassment and, uh, and, and fluid. And basically, a person is, is flesh and bones. It doesn't have what to be proud of. Ikaniyami, some people show the Bishin, the netherworld. It's also. The person who's arrogant is, is, is destined, or a person is arrogant is destined for uh, a bad place. Omer Avashi, I, think, uh-huh. I think what he's saying is that the word basar is spelled with a, with a shin and not a sama. So it should be, uh, instead of sarucha, which is a sama, it should be sha'ol, which means, you know, hell. Oh, I he's, see. He's saying it's a, different, it's a different letter because basar is not with a sama, it's with a shin. Thank you. I see. He's saying that uh, the question is what this other uh, explanation is adding. So we had said that uh, the word, but we use the word shin uh, to in the in the word busser, uh and he's saying that um, uh, we said it, that it refers to srucha, like um, it's like uh, the juices, the the bile, the, the the a person has a lot of fluids that are disgusting that come out of them, so that should humble him. But he doesn't like that explanation because that requires a samach instead of a shin, and the word basr is spelled with shin. So you do find that certain letters that make the same sound sometimes are interchangeable. But he's saying the ikiriyamri says, let's not interchange it. Let's use the actual letter and say that a human being has gehenim in him. A basr is gehenim, whatever that means. It means a person has not very good. Okay, back to the mark. Thank you, though. Oh, called him ruach. Any person who has arrogance with sof nipchas, in the end, they will lose it. Uh, they um, Rashi, last Rashi on the page, nipchas mismayet mechashivuso. 
he will lose his greatness, and he'll be a worthless person. Um, there, there are certain people that are very arrogant that you look down upon very much for their arrogance. Okay. Libiso for the number. How do you know? As it says, they pick themselves up, they'll be lowered. It's interesting that in the wording of the leprosy, which doesn't apply very often, <coughs> there's a hint to this concept of, of humility, you know, of a person lowering themselves. That, that's really what the drasha is. He's darshing the psukim by leprosy. People that lift themselves up, they're lowered. They'll be secondary. Those people that are arrogant and haughty, they won't be important. Um, uh, over there, that was the house of Eli, who were the Kohadim Gedolim. In the end, uh, they're going to have to beg for, uh, uh, they're going to be lowered. Go and see how great. So on the one hand, you have the terrible part of the arrogance. And on the other hand, you have the greatness of the humility. These are the two sides of the coin. So first, we're talking about what happens to the haughty people. Now let's talk about what happens to the humble people. So Yeshua ben Levi said, see how great are those... Now, by the way, you would never think that. You see the humble people, you know, they get ignored. You know, they're the ones that nobody notices. And he says, you can't imagine how great they are. Those people, those humble people, you know, the, um, uh, they, they, the, there are people in this world who, don't, who get ignored. Those people up there, those are the greatest. How great He says the following, when the temple stood, if you bring a burnt offering, you get a reward for an ola. Mincha, if you bring a flower offering, you get rewarded for that. But if you humble yourself, it's like you brought every korbin. Hashem's greatest sacrifice is when you sacrifice your spirit. Below Ode, and not only that, is it a sacrifice? Ain't Philosophy Nemesis, your prayers won't be rejected. Shinamr Lev Nishbra Minitke Lakimo Sivsa. Broken heart, Hashem will never reject. Omar Yeshua bin Lakish Kol Hasam. This is just another teaching by the same Yeshua bin Levi. It's another teaching by Yeshua bin Levi. Not uh, he says a different thing. Kol Hasam or Chosav Olam Hazab. He uses the word um, a person who thinks about what they're doing before they do it. There, there are some people that, that just react, and there are other people who have a plan. Every person, um, uh, Bali Musser used to talk about this concept a lot. Every person that puts a plan together in this world, they will see the Shalvesan. Don't say Visham, Elevisam. This word some means like to prepare. Let's see the Rashi. Hasam, how do you prepare your ways? Mechashiv hefsed mitzvah A person who thinks about what is it worth in life. Like he, he, he figures it out. Like he, a person who, who plans it out. I'm pretty sure that's how you translate that word some is like to, to estimate or plan out. Calculate. Calculate, yeah. Maybe that's the... Um, where else do you have that word? Well, it is by estimate. Make a, a calculation. You can also be very specific, but. How to calculate it? Like, don't, don't, uh, don't, uh, you know, don't be mafrik meister by estimate. Uh-huh. Like, it's good enough. You know, a person who's calculating, a person 
who calculates his ways, who thinks, makes, you know, so he's, he's going to see the salvation of Hashem. Okay, so now we get back to Sota again. So how do you do the warning? So the Mishnah was strange because it talked about a warning for seclusion, and then it mentions a warning for speaking. Don't you speak to him, <laughs> right? The husband says, if I ever catch you speaking to him, but it doesn't say what, you know, like the seclusion is not about speaking. So the Mishnah is a little bit confusing. So Kate's Hagufakash is a difficulty. Um, first you say, The husband calls the wife in front of two people and says, Don't you speak to him. So that sounds like speaking means don't be alone with him. Uh, and then we said if she speaks to him, that we thought that the word speaking meant don't be alone with him. That's what speaking to him means. Don't be alone where you could talk. But it said if she speaks to him, that's totally okay. And she, she, if she's married to a coin, she can still eat truma. Alma dibor lav klum. So there's no such thing as him saying don't speak to her and she speaks to him, she turns into a sota. Clearly, sota is not about speaking. It has to be she's alone with him where nobody's around. So Amr Abai Hakakama. This is how you have to read the Mishnah. Al Tidabri. First he says don't talk, and of course she speaks to him. Al Tidabri Vinister, and then he says, Well, don't talk and be alone with him. So Al Tistri Vidabra Imo. And, uh, and, and she, if, if she's not alone with him and she speaks with him, so even though he warned her about two things, she's still totally permitted. There's no, husbands can't put on penalties for talking to, to people. But if she enters with him to a private place, it's an interesting language, by the way. She has to go in there to be with him privately. Like, it's not like, She's home alone and he comes in. Like maybe she didn't plan that. She goes in with him privately, Visha, and she stays there on her own. Enough time that the, the action could have happened, so then she ain't coming home until she drinks the soda water. So then we said, what if the husband has this wife that was alone with strange men and, uh, and they, she needs to drink the soda water, but. Uh, um, he dies. It's a lot of pressure for him. He has a heart attack. He doesn't like having his wife as Sota. And he, they never had children. And now his brother wants to know, should he marry this deceased brother's wife, the wife that was uh, going along with strange men? So the halacha is that he, she should be given chalitza, but there's no mitzvah of yibam. So the Gemara says, why not? Amai tisyabim nami yavumi. Yibam is always ideal. Why doesn't he put on his brother's shoe. Uh, that, that, that's what we've always explained, yibam, is like putting on the shoe is like, because uh, if, if you don't do yibam, you do chalitza, you take off the shoe. And so the idea is the brother no longer has a shoe in this world. When a person has children, they leave over a footprint in this world. But if they died young, they sometimes don't have a shoe in the world. And so a brother has a chance to, to put on the brother's shoe to enable the brother to have a shoe in this world. So why don't, why don't, by, why don't we tell him to do Yibam? So It says this woman who commits, uh, who's alone with strange men, she, she needs to leave this marriage and marry someone else. It, of course she's going to marry someone else. She's getting divorced from him. So what is it telling you? It's telling you she shouldn't marry him or his brother. And no Yibam. You shouldn't do chalitza either. 
He said, well, had she stayed married to the husband, she still needs a divorce. At least, in other words, chalitza doesn't mean you should do yibum. It just means they were married, so there needs to be a separation. They need to get chalitza. There was no, you don't know if she would have needed a divorce. The story could have said she was pure. I mean, she, could, she, have, have she could have had the water and nothing would have happened. No, no, and she, she would have gotten brought. She would have fallen pregnant. Right, right. But, right, but there still would have needed to be, if she wanted to leave this family, they still would have needed a divorce. They still would have needed... The question is, why over here, where he's not marrying her, he's not doing Yibam, why does he even need to do Chalitza? And we're saying that had his brother decided that he wasn't going to take her for a sota drink and just divorce her, he still would have needed a divorce. Mm. It was, even though he caught her, and even though he suspects all kinds of things, he still needs to give her the papers. So here also, he needs to give her Chalitza. Chalitza. The Torah says that she should leave his house and marry someone else. The Lolister Lebesa, she shouldn't destroy her house. In other words, she needs to leave in order that she not, they'll, they'll be destroyed when a marriage, there's adultery going on. And you're saying the brother should marry her? <laughs> Torah is saying that he should have gotten rid of her. The Torah is saying that if his wife is committing adultery, she should go and get, get, you know, leave the house. He shouldn't stay married to her. And you're saying his brother should marry her? So then why should she marry someone else? She'll destroy his house. In other words, maybe we should, a woman who commits adultery should never be allowed to marry anyone. Because if she's this kind of woman, uh, why do we say she should go out and marry someone else? We'll have to find out tomorrow. <laughs> Stay tuned. Omerle, Milo. Okay, we'll stop here. Have a great day, everybody. Be well.